Welcome to the Cosmosis Podcast. I'm Justin Moses, and this is episode 21. And uh, got a lot on tap today to get to, uh, including an interview with Cody Hall, who has a new record out, and we'll talk about that a lot later. As a matter of fact, last Friday, I played a CD release show with Cody in Jamestown, Tennessee, and by all measures, it uh, seemed to come off uh, real well. Seemed to be a successful show. And besides that gig, the last couple of weeks, I've kind of, I've been off the road, but I've had, uh, we, we did this, the Grand Ole Opry a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night, and I've had a, a recording session or two, and uh, played the Station in last Wednesday with Curtis Wright. And uh, Curtis used to be in the band Shenandoah, but and he's a great singer, has a new record out. But I uh, got to do that with some great friends. Mark Fain, Seth Taylor, Molly Cherry Holmes, Bobby Clark, and myself, along with Curtis. I do want to plug, if you uh, listen to this show on a timely manner, on a timely basis, this weekend, May the 26th through the 29th, we will be at Dell Fest in Cumberland, Maryland. If you're in that area or you can make arrangements to be there, you should. It's going to be, uh, it's always a really fun festival, but uh, this year, the lineup, I'm just going to go down the list here and name a bunch of them. I won't be able to name them all, but uh, of course, Del McCurry and the Traveling McCurries. You have the uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band. Uh, Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers, Green Sky Bluegrass, Railroad Earth, Sam Bush Band, Yonder Mountain String Band, the Wood Brothers, Infamous String Dusters, the Earls of Leicester, uh, the O'Connor Band featuring Mark O'Connor, Sierra Hull, obviously uh, Larry Sparks and Lonesome Ramblers, Del Ann Bradley, and that's just to name some of them. Um, I will be playing there on Friday with the Sierra, and I will be playing Sunday with uh, Dre and the Collective. So if you're around and can be there, try to make it out and, uh, and come by and say, hey, if you get a chance, let me know you're listening to the podcast. Uh, I also want to say there's a lot of uh, special performances that go on uh, over the weekend. And Sierra's going to be there to sit in with different artists uh, throughout the weekend, and uh, I'll be there and available if anybody were to ask. You just never know what you might see. Some sad news to report in the bluegrass world. From last week, we lost the great James King. Um, James was a real well-known traditional bluegrass singer, and uh, he was beloved and uh, well-known in the, in the bluegrass community. And uh, uh, he's a big loss to the uh, traditional bluegrass scene. Uh, everybody has a James King story in the, in the bluegrass world. He's kind of one of those larger-than-life characters in a lot of ways, but he was uh, very authentic and uh, the real deal. Um, we saw James just two weeks ago at Doyle Austin's Bluegrass Festival in Denton, North Carolina. He was there just kind of sitting in with a with a band or two and had his uh, records set up 
uh, that day, and we got to meet his girlfriend's daughter, Emily, who uh, at the end of the day there offered to trade one of uh, James's records for one of Sierra's, and and uh, Sierra took took her up on that. And on the way back, we listened to this record of James's. It's his last record, and it's called Three Chords and the Truth. And man, is that a great bluegrass record. You should definitely check that one out. I'm going to play a clip from it here in a minute, and uh, I encourage you to go to go to bluegrasstoday.com and read the story on James, and uh, and donate if you've got a few extra dollars and you can afford it. Uh, donate to the fund to, to help with his burial and everything. But uh, here's a, a clip from James's latest record. Uh, this is this song's called "Things Have Gone to Pieces." That uh, record has some great pickers on it. Uh, it has uh, Ron Stewart playing the banjo and Josh Williams playing uh, rhythm guitar, Jesse Brock on mandolin, and uh, man, I'm going to forget who all's on it. I don't have the record in front of me, but um, it has some outstanding harmony vocals on it, as you just heard there from Don Rigsby and Dudley Connell. It's a really great record, like I said, and uh, I would encourage you to check that out. James did a lot of old country songs in the bluegrass style, and man, it's it's the real deal in, in, as far as bluegrass goes. Here's another tune of James's that uh, was one of his better-known tunes he did. It's called 30 Years of Farming. <laughs> And that's called a YouTube ad. And that just gives you a small taste of what James was all about. 
So uh, we're really going to miss James King and uh, condolences to his family. In other sad news, though, um, this uh, this past week we got a lot of it. Uh, Wayne Taylor uh, of Blue Highway had a had a heart attack and had to have open heart surgery. And uh, Larry Cordell announced that he has had uh, leukemia for the past year or so, and apparently they're just now starting treatment for it. But uh, hate to hear that. Wish both of those guys uh, the best in uh in uh just recovering and uh, getting better and for Larry uh hopefully beating cancer looking through some of the bluegrass news i did see that uh last weekend was uh Gettysburg bluegrass festival weekend and it reminds me of something that i've not told on this show yet i don't think but i will it happened I want to say three years ago at Gettysburg. It was either three or four years ago, I think. And uh, this happened, I was playing there with Sierra's band, and I was playing fiddle. And uh, it was the fiddle that I used on the Wheels record, the Dan Tominsky Wheels record, and I'd been playing it consistently. It was my stage fiddle but I also had a was carrying another fiddle with me and uh, we played two sets that day uh, I think this was the uh, maybe the one that's later in the year they have two there but at the end of the night I went and took my fiddle and put it in the van in the back of the van the guy that was doing sound for Sierra at the time who's now a drummer with the with a country band doing great and uh and I'm happy happy that he is but um you know we were all packing up everything trying to get ready to go and it was dark in the area where everybody was loading stuff well he pulled everything out to put in the bigger the bigger stuff first which was what you've got to do but uh it being dark outside and my fiddle case being black uh, nobody saw it. Nobody put it back in the van. And so we go to back out and we hear this just terrible sound, this crunch. The kind of sound you don't want to hear ever as it relates to an instrument. But we all kind of knew, oh, uh, that was that that didn't sound good. Uh something something was definitely back there. And I mean, we were scared. It was uh, it was dark, uh, you know. For all we knew, uh, it could it could even you know. Be, well, from the sound, we knew it probably wasn't somebody or a kid or something. But um, we jumped out, and sure enough, my fiddle case was laying there with tracks on it and smashed in a little bit, and uh, we. I, I opened up the case, and of course, both fiddles inside were heavily damaged, and I had three bows in there, and it all was just ruined, just like that. That was one of those uh, just weird, bad nights, you know, like one that you know doesn't come around, thankfully, that often. It doesn't seem, but 
uh, you know, the guy that did it, I mean, he obviously didn't mean to, to leave it out, but man, it put us in a, in an awkward situation, uh, at the time, you know, for the time I, I tried to, to not make him feel bad, uh, or make anybody feel bad, but in me doing that, it almost made it worse because it was such a horrible thing to have happen. Everybody expects you to, to have a sort of a bad reaction to it or something. And I couldn't hardly do it, even though, I mean, I was feeling really, really bad about it. It has a, a decent ending, though. Uh, I, I was able to get insurance money for it, for the the fiddles and the bows, and uh, I have a new fiddle and bow that I use now regularly. Got it from the same place, from uh, Ron Stewart. Uh, he, he and his father do a lot of good uh, work on fiddles, and he had one that uh, was to my liking, so all was well. I still have never replaced uh, the other fiddle or bow, so if anybody out there, hey, if you got a uh, good fiddle you'd like to sell me, just hit me up, and uh, or, or a good bow. So I should still be in the market, even though I've really not been looking. But that's my big Gettysburg memory. That same day, I posted a picture of it, and it's on my uh, my Facebook page, but I, I got my picture taken with J.D. Crow. I don't do that a lot. I don't get my picture taken with a lot of people, but that day I was like, yeah. So I remember those two things, my picture with Crow and uh, and the fiddle just being destroyed. And, uh, and I have the recording of the show, too, for, for memory's sake, the last... That fiddle's last show ever. Well, I put it out on uh, Facebook to uh, for everybody to, to give me their listener questions again. And I got one, so I'm going to address that right now. You'd think I might get more than one, but that's all right. If you listen to this and you have questions, be sure to post them to my Facebook page or send me uh, an email to justin at justinmoses.com. And I'll address it on the show. But uh, the one today comes from Cindy Valentine. When a new bluegrass song is written, are all the instrument parts written out in detail, or is it up to the individual players as improvisation? Well, thank you, Cindy, for the question. And uh, I must say that... Uh, most of the time, if, a, if you're writing a bluegrass song that has words, let's say, you're just uh, writing the melody, coming up with the general melody, and you don't write out a solo most of the time. That that's not something in bluegrass that's really ever done to my knowledge um, very much at all. It's mostly up to the individual player to just uh, play improv or... Uh, in most cases, play the melody or be true to the melody in playing the song and uh, with with tasteful improv thrown in. That would be my general answer. Now, when it comes to... It's up to the individual, too, because there might be... You know, somebody might write a song and they might have a certain line or a certain melody in mind or a certain little hook or line they want you to play so it does depend 
And then if, uh, you know, if somebody's writing uh, more of a, an instrumental, say more of a newgrass instrumental or something like that, something that's a little bit more in depth, well, they may, they may have parts in their head that they might want played. Uh, I know when I write tunes, I usually get most things uh, an idea of what I would want out of it in my head, which that can be a good thing and a bad thing, you know. Um, it, it's a good thing because of the fact that I can play the different instruments that I can actually do a lot of things myself. I can actually bring some of those ideas to life myself. And the bad thing is uh, it can be restricting uh, if you take that to somebody to play with you and and they kind of don't do what you're thinking or they they don't hear it the same uh, it can that can be a little frustrating at times if you let it but uh, it just all depends depends on what you're what you're going for but most bluegrass songs I would say are are the basic melodies written and then you allow a player to to just play it you know play the song and what and whatever interpretation they have now i'm going to throw to this interview that i conducted today and as i record this uh it is monday may the 23rd and uh cody is the second hull to be featured on this show uh, the holes are pretty popular here, in case you didn't realize it. But um, we started working on this record with, uh, with Cody last October and worked on it steadily through the, the winter months there. And he's finally got it done and ready for everybody to hear. And I'm going to play some clips from it, too. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, here's the interview with Cody Hull. Well, tell the fine folks about uh, Runaway, your new record. Well, this is actually the first CD that I ever um, got to be part of. I always knew I wanted to make a CD, and you know, I'd always played music for several years, but I didn't feel like I was in a place of maturity, really, to kind of go out and make an album. You know, being Sierra's brother and her making, you know, she has three albums out right now. And, you know, I was like, well, hey, I think I'd like to, too. And I knew that I had to come to a place where if I wanted to even consider playing music, I had to find my own originality. I couldn't be doing songs that other people had done. And so, you know, I had some songs I'd written and some I hadn't quite finished. And I approached Sierra and said, hey, I'm really serious about this time. I really want to make an album. And she goes, you know what? I think you should. So then, you know, I came talk to you and I was like, ask you if you come play all the instruments and stuff, which you did a wonderful job. And uh, Sierra said that, hey, she'd love to do it. And you guys introduced me to uh, Tom, which, right. you know, this is the first time that I'd ever met Tom. And he was super awesome to work with and very knowledgeable about what was, you know, as far as tracking and everything. He did a great job of just, you know, kind of keeping the process moving. So you recorded and, it there at uh, TJ Tunes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I was kind of nervous, I guess, a little bit to – play a song kind of like Runaway because it's not, you know, your traditional bluegrass song. You know, it just has bluegrass instruments in it, of course. And so I knew that maybe everybody wouldn't come to accept of it. But uh, I had a 
God told me one time that you can't uh, really worry about what everybody thinks. You just got to do it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just some random guy. On the yeah, just some random yeah. guy. <laughs> hey, you know, you take advice from all, all different places. I know. And I just put that in my pocket and carried it around a little bit. <laughs> like that you you had uh pretty developed I, I feel like when you came in with that song you pretty much had it just like you wanted it yeah that was one thing you know i kind of had kind of envisioned what i wanted most of the songs to sound like yeah and you know that one i'm a huge fan of mumford and son and you know i kind of wanted something how i thought they might present that song because i really enjoy their music and so i kind of wanted to take away from just your traditional B chord bluegrass mash song too, you know, just kind of more of a mellow song, but you know, kind of like an emotional song too. That way, people could kind of, you know, relate to it some sort. Uh huh. So, explain uh, why you decided to call the album "Runaway." Well, I, you know, that was one of my favorite songs, I guess, out of out of all that I had done, and I wasn't even sure that I was going to call it that because the funny thing was. I had intentionally wrote that uh, one song called uh, Memory Behind the Wood, you know, kind of just like a representation of Sierra and I's childhood that I thought, but it just so happened that didn't even make on the album. And so I, I went with a different route and I put misery in its place. Uh-huh. And uh, so I thought, you know what, I really, I'm really attached to this song, you know, and it, it, it's really special to me. So I decided, hey, I, I definitely want to call the album Runaway. Uh-huh. Um, and so you wrote eight out of the ten songs on there, right? Right. Yeah, I had two that I didn't write, which was uh, Ready for the Times and um, Carolina the Pines. Carolina the Pines is definitely my favorite bluegrass song. It's one I had heard ever since I've ever started playing music and I kind of just fell in love with it. And I'd heard several different arrangements of it. And, you know, I just kind of wanted, I'm a, I'm a, a soft singer, I guess you'd say. And I definitely wanted to just kind of mellow it out to what I felt like would fit me better. And I had Waiting on the Times because um, growing up, Sierra and I had, you know, a lot of people who used to come to jam sessions up in uh, Pinterest County, where I'm actually currently residing in. And uh, we used to go to Pine Haven Community Center, and they had like a jam every Friday night. Well, we got to meet a lot of local musicians, and two people who really hold a special place in my heart, Lowell Logan and Ronnie Gillis, you know, they kind of just took us under their wing, and Ronnie loved that song, Waiting on the Times. And, you know, I just considered him definitely a huge musical influence in my childhood, and I kind of put that song on there just for him. Oh, yeah. 
And so uh, let's talk about another, uh, you know, one or two of the songs for sure. Um, Misery, the song you just mentioned, uh, (laughs) uplifting song, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're looking for a good time, you want to listen to Misery (laughs) because it really knows how to bring the emotions out in you. No, that, you know, it's funny. Being 27 years old, you, you would think, oh, I'm right where I want to be in my life. And, you know, this is everything's going perfect and just put the smile on for the world to see. But, you know, that song just is kind of something I feel like a lot of people can just listen to and be like, I know exactly what he's talking about. You know, it came from a, a place of just uncertainty in my own life. You know, cause I, it's funny because I, I was texting Sierra one day and I was like, you know, I said that old misery. I said it doesn't seem to never uh, leave. I said, no matter where I'm at, I always need to find me. You know, just said it jokingly. And, right. you know, she goes, there's your song. And I was like, you know what? She might be onto something. I'm just going to write this song. And I'll be honest, I didn't struggle with on the words for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, it's something that I feel like a lot of people might be able to relate to because, you know, I wrote it from an emotional place in my life that I was just, you know, like I said, being 27 and feeling... Where do I want to go? Is this what I want in my life? I hear that knocking at my door. I know I've heard that sound before. Tell me how can it be? How do you always find me? Misery. Well, everybody has struggles and they can uh, definitely relate to that. Yeah, but so you might definitely want to get the Kleenexes out sometimes if uh, you listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, the instrumental. Well, you know, I actually um, I wrote two uh, both instrumentals on the album. One's called "Sand in the Saddle," which is really funny because if you'll remember, you and I were at a IBMA, and I was trying to explain to you that uh, the saddle on my Mart- other Martin guitar was really high, and that I wanted to sand it down. Right. And uh, you go, "Oh, you got sand in the saddle." <laughs> yeah, well, you 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 kind of asked the question out of nowhere. Do you know anything about sand in the saddle? <laughs> that is fair to say, yeah. <laughs> and, and I said sand in the saddle because I, I don't know, just for whatever reason, when you said saddle, I pictured a horse with a saddle on it, and I thought, get sand in the saddle? No, I don't. Yeah, so touche, touche. Yeah. No, and and so um, you know, I wrote this song. It's not your, you know, just barn burner by no means. You know, it's pretty laid back. And uh, I felt like, you know, I thought that was funny that we were talking about, you know, Stand in the Saddle. So I just thought, hey, I'm just going to call this song Stand in the Saddle. So call me, ladies and gentlemen, of Justin Moses. Yeah. For that name right there. And, you know, for me, just to 
right instrumental sometimes, you know, I feel like you have to really de- dig deep into your creativity because there's so many ways to just reside to what everybody else is doing. And, you know, how many ways can you write a different song instrumental when there's already 20,000 out there sometimes, so... And then uh, track, I think it's number nine, which I wrote. It, uh, it is kind of like your little barn burner, I guess you could say. But I definitely wouldn't have one kind of up-tempo bluegrass song on there. And I couldn't really come up with a name. So since the, since the song was written in the key of B, I definitely uh, went to the wise words of uh, William Shakespeare, if you will, and called it To Be or Not To Be. <laughs> and that is, that is the question. <laughs> that is the question. So, uh, like on on both of those things, um, did you come up with them based on uh, any other tune, or did, what did you have in your mind when you were kind of? You know, I'll be honest. Like, it's always strange when I start to write, try to write a song. I it's sometimes really unintentional. I'll just be messing around with a guitar or something, and I'll just stumble upon something that kind of you know I hang on for a second. I'm like, well, I kind of like that. Let me just play around with that for a second. And you know, I heard these kind of different melody approaches that I thought, well, maybe this might sound good, or maybe this might, and then kind of ran them, you know, showed Sierra a little bit of them, and, you know, we just kind of messed around with them and played off of what I'd already written. Yeah. But it was definitely, you know, just taking small portions and just, like, putting a puzzle together just piece by piece, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, um, when we had the, uh, you had the CD release show last Friday, in uh, Jamestown there. Yep. Um, it was definitely exciting. You know, a lot of my friends and family came out to support me and uh, got to play with some of my favorite people in the world to play with. Um, you being one, of course, uh, my sister Sierra, uh, my friend Joe Smith, Miss Maddie Denton, and Jared Lindsay, all monstrous musicians. So it, it was definitely fun getting to share that with you guys and, you know, just getting to bring something that I've wanted to for so long because I've had people over the years, you know, say, Hey, you need to make a CD too. We'd love to hear you got a CD. And, you know, I always said no, you know, and just kind of brushed it off. But it's finally good to have that feeling of, Hey, I do have a CD and, you know, I want to share this with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Tell the people where they can uh, find this, this new project. You can actually go on my website at codyhole.com and uh, click on the store, and it will take you, and you can get a digital download. Or you can email me right now because I'm fixing to try to get it set up to where I can do physical copies just to mail them out for those that actually want them. And uh, my email address is on the website as well. Or you can reach me at codyhole310 at Gmail, and I can just ship it out to the people who send me their address, and they can do it through PayPal. Oh, cool.
And you also have a uh, Facebook page, uh, an artist page, right? I, I do, I do. And also, um, last Friday, not only did I release my CD, I released my first music video, which I was pretty excited about. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It came out last Friday and uh, did, a, did a good job on that. Who all uh, helped you in the making of that? Um, Donnie Douglas. He's actually, um, he does like kind of media stuff. Yeah. And uh, Anna Grace Lane, she's also in digital media, and they both go to tech. And so they um, helped me make the most of it, which, you know, I thought they did a wonderful job. And what was cool is I got to write my own script for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was really awesome that, you know, I just, like I said, you know, I wrote Run Away from a place that, you know, of, of my own creativity of thinking of things that maybe, you know, had happened in previous relationships, you know, just kind of different things. And, you know, so I had a vision of what I wanted it to sound like uh-huh. and what I wanted it to be like. Also, you know, like with a video of, okay, here's what I want people to feel here, you know, because I want it to be an intimate song and I wanted the video to feel that way too, you know, like, oh, wow, this is happening here. And. <laughs> Because you never want people to feel good. That's right. Never. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely excited to get that out, though. And, you know, it, it was fun getting to share that because I got to share that with a lot of my friends, you know, just in certain in the um, cafe scene, you know, just small cameos. But everybody was just so happy just to be part of it. So that was awesome for me. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Well, uh, tell tell the folks as well what uh, your other uh, other job in, in life is. I actually teach school. I actually teach school. Yeah, believe it or not, right? Believe it or not, at least pretend to. Yeah. Nobody knows the difference. <laughs> I always laugh because, you know, I always joke also, you know, about never hitting puberty. So I often get mistaken for a student myself in high school. I was getting pictures <laughs> made the other day, and they're like, oh, what grade are you in? I'm like, well, I'm in 10th grade. And he's like, I thought you looked like you were in 10th grade. I'm like, I'm just kidding, man. I'm the teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> just out there changing lives. On a That's what day. I do, just on a daily basis, making the world a better place. It's one student at a time. Yeah. But now, I, you know, I definitely can say I love my job for sure. And you know, getting to play music and stuff, that I feel like it's going to help maybe during the summer being off. We'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you uh, are you looking to get out there and play some dates in the in the next? Oh, I'm definitely looking for it. Definitely for sure. That'll be uh, something that I'm really excited about getting my new CD out here, and I I definitely want to, um, you know, just distribute. And you, whoever wants it, you know, please feel free to contact me, and I would love to get out to all the DJs who are interested in, you know, because I want people to hear, you know, what I have to say through my music. Oh yeah. yeah you know, I've often said like, you know, my sister's a huge hero of mine. You know, don't tell her I said that. Okay. But, uh, no, she's you know she's definitely a good musical influence because you know she she's definitely great at what she does, and you know like I've often said, it's always been hey you're Sierra's brother aren't you hey guys it's Sierra's brother and you know I definitely want to get out of that shadow not that it's not an awesome shadow to you know chase but I want people to see me you know I want to be Cody Hall not Sierra's brother. <laughs> hey yeah you're your own man and uh... yeah. Yeah. And like I said, Sierra and I, we're best friends. I love that girl to death. But, you know, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be standalone. I don't want to be, you know, her shadow forever, at least. <laughs> well, you you took a step in that direction with uh, recording your album, so. I thought it, it was time. It was time. Yeah. 
like I said, though, I'm super excited to get, you know, that it's completed and, you know, can't begin to thank you, Sierra and Tom, enough for all the hard work that you guys put into that because, you know, I've said uh, many times that you guys pushed me further than I would have definitely taken myself because there was times that I would settle with certain, but, you know, the fact that you guys said, I think we can get this better because you guys made my dream come true, really, more than you know, because you guys took the time and the effort and shared your musical knowledge to you know, push me to the limits, which, you know, I think that went over wonderful. And I'm I'm super happy about the way the album turned out. Yeah, I think it turned out really nicely. And plus, I mean, especially having you play all the instruments on there, too, that was pretty convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played a little uh, banjo, dobro, and uh, and fiddle. And um, Maybe some harmony. Sung a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure the album wasn't just in Moses featuring Cody Hall. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> No. Yeah, we got to talk about the, uh, the split on any uh, sort of royalty, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but seriously, I I'm super glad, you know, the way everything turned out, and you guys definitely brought the songs to life the way I envision them, and you know, brought great ideas that I didn't think of in certain aspects of songs that I think you know even made them sound a lot better than they probably would if I just took the route that I would have eventually went with it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to work on. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of laughs for sure. Definitely a lot of laughs. laughs. Is there uh, is there anything else you want to hit on before we uh, ride on into the sunset? Hey, well you know what, we can also say that uh, you know I've definitely enjoyed getting to play music you know throughout the years and stuff. And went to ETSU with doing the bluegrass thing at first, and you know now I feel like that. I'm starting to mature a little bit more that, you know, things are starting to kind of come together. You know, it's hard to put a puzzle together when you're putting a corner piece in the middle and just trying to jam it there and make it fit, <laughs> you know, but I definitely feel now that, you know, I got the right pieces to make the puzzle work. So that's pretty exciting and definitely got a great group um, of musicians that want to play. And so I think that's definitely going to help a lot to, to kind of help me achieve the goals I'm after. Oh yeah. So if, uh, Anybody wants me to come play some festivals, you just hit me up and I'll be there. <laughs> All right, man. That sounds good. But definitely, guys, be sure to check out uh, my website. Follow me on Facebook and uh, Instagram also. Um, and you can definitely purchase my CD from my website. So, Absolutely. Go check it out. Here's a clip of another one of Cody's tunes called Last Stand.
say before I go that uh, I'm scheduled to, to record an episode of the Tim Shelton show with of course Tim Shelton himself uh, this Wednesday not sure when that'll come out but check my Facebook page and uh, I will be posting on there when it will come out and it should be in the next couple of weeks and uh so speaking of my Facebook page, it is facebook.com slash Justin Moses Music. You can uh, tweet at me at Justin Moses 2. Uh, visit my website, justinmoses.com. And also, I do want to thank, again, people who are subscribing on iTunes and leaving ratings and reviews. It really does help the show. It's the... The biggest and best way to help out if you enjoy the show and you want to do something to help me out, that would be a big plus. I really appreciate everybody that uh, has done that. And I will invite you to, to tune back in next time for the next episode and, uh, and keep sharing it with your friends and family. Share it on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, all those nice things. I really appreciate you listening and giving the show your time. Thanks a bunch. See you next time.